0: conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Oh yeah,
1: baby. You got it. Run it back season has officially began. 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens. Pete Sweeney. Hello, hello. This has got to be the only show in the city. Hell, I know it's the only show in the city that's on right now, damn it. 5 a.m. That's how hungry we are for this for you. 610 Sports Radio, the only place giving you a run-it-back type of playoff show with the Kansas City Chiefs. It is early. I'm good with that, though, Pete. Pete Sweeney joins us here every week with me, Dusty Likens, on the
2: run-it-back show on 610 Sports Radio. Pete, how you doing? I'm well. I enjoyed the chiefs by week. I got to really lock in on some wild card games. We don't do as many raps for teams that aren't named the chiefs at arrowhead So I got to take in some football. And as of last night, we know the opponent for your Kansas city chiefs, a bit of a surprise. It's going to be the Cleveland Browns coming to Kansas city on Sunday at two o five PM after they dispatched the Pittsburgh Steelers 48 to 37. They started off 28 to nothing. And the Browns take it home. It's Browns Chiefs next week.
1: I'm kind of annoyed that you knew this was going to happen.
2: What What do you mean? It just sucks.
1: What are you because, talking about? So I took a little bit of your thunder early on in the season <laughs> because this guy had asked me, what's your upset of the week? And right. I was like, man, I love Cincinnati over Tennessee. And I had known that I'd watched your Instagram. Right. And I was like, man, I trust Pete on this. He seems pretty confident. The background splash on this little Instagram video seems like it fits. I'm gonna take Tennessee's loss over Cincinnati too. Cincinnati won. Mm-hmm. And since then, that guy thought I was a guru. He's like, How'd you know they were gonna win? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and then I was like, I think in week 17, I think it was Bears and Minnesota. I was like, take the Bears. That one was my own research. This weekend, oh man, I sucked at picking games.
2: I actually swept the weekend. Yeah. On the money line. I had the Bills, the Rams, the Bucks, the Ravens, the Saints, and then the Browns. And we were together yep. yesterday. Yeah, you came and over to the Casa. Came over to the house. That's this is right. our first show together. So we wanted to touch base, right? Touch and go. That's right. And I said, Cleveland's going to win. And you said, Pete, what did you say to me? Pete, I, said, and I will give yeah. you two touchdowns. Yeah. That's how confident you were in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I said, I believe in them on the money line. And you said, <laughs> no, take the two touchdowns. We had a nice 12 pack on it. Yep. And then you were so jazzed about this. Oh, so I yeah. said, let's put a little lunch on it. So I said, if the Browns win, you pay for full lunch. Yeah. And I, if the Steelers win, I'll pay for most of the lunch because oh, yeah. that's the odds we put on it because the, the Browns were six-point underdogs going into this game. And I nailed it. And a big reason, I think, Dusty, yeah, they didn't want to make a big deal out of what Juju said on the Steelers side. Yeah. But you have Juju Smith-Schuster, who's just ticking off teams left and right this entire end of the season by dancing on the logos on TikTok. He comes out and says, yeah, the Browns are the Browns. And before the game, of course, these players don't make a big deal out of it. After the game, the first thing that Baker Mayfield says is what? The Browns are the Browns. This was well on their mind. There was this ultra motivation. And quite frankly, the Pittsburgh Steelers were the worst good team I had ever seen. And And it all came, I think, to a head on Sunday Night Football. And in the blink of an eye, the Browns were up 28 to nothing.
1: Yeah, I think it just showed a lot of what is like playoff football and how quick It just—it's a different type of animal when it comes to playoff football because I think if this game happens in the regular season, I don't know if Pittsburgh is put that far back to this game. Like as soon as the snap went over Big Ben's head, I looked at myself and I was like, "This game might be over." Because you thought it right then, right then, because when that kind of stuff happens, the momentum shift and the way that that tilt can change is insane. Because now, no matter what, you're marching ahead the air has been taken out of the stadium and the pressure on Cleveland almost seemed like it was done because it's real simple. What Cleveland's recipe is, and we can get into this a little bit later, but it's very simplistic Cleveland's recipe of football. They are going to run the ball with their two headed monster in the backfield. They're going to run misdirection with Baker Mayfield, and they're just going to pressure you with their front four because they're stronger than you. That's Cleveland's recipe. And when that happened in that Pittsburgh game, it was like all of a sudden Fourteen nothing, twenty one nothing. Right, and then after that, there was nothing else Pittsburgh could do because Roethlisberger just doesn't have it anymore. Man, like I get it, his numbers at the end of the game are, are a bit skewed, but when it comes to reacting to this wild card weekend, Pittsburgh went one and five to finish the season after going eleven and zero. That Pittsburgh team fell apart, and to go back on your Juju Smith Schuster, obviously we talked about this earlier. He's an unrestricted free agent this right. year. He doesn't need to play football anymore. All teams need to do with Juju is just hire him as a hype man. <laughs> Go talk a bunch of crap on this team, on us. Act like you support this team, and we'll come out and we'll ball out. He did it against Cincinnati. Lost it,
2: lost. Can't you see? I like I don't see Pittsburgh retaining Juju, especially with Deontay Johnson. Not as, as deep good as he is. Yeah. That seems like the reliable receiver, the kid Washington. I also think about Juju and could see Bill Belichick coming in with the Stone Cold oh, Steve Austin music. You yeah. seen that clip on Twitter where he's like, all right, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Juju, you're going to come onto our team. You're not going to say any more words. And
1: revamp his like his lifestyle. Change
2: his entire personality, and then suddenly he's the Juju of old where it's just playing football and playing well and not having to really talk on the microphone. But I think kudos to the Cleveland Browns in this game because it was 28 nothing, right, with about two minutes left in the first quarter. Yeah, it's over. This is Big Ben, though. That's still a lot of time in, in a game where, okay, let's calm everybody down. They get it to 28-7. Eventually, at one point in the third quarter, toward the end of it, right? Yeah. The Steelers were only down by 12. Right. So, I mean, you talk about any team in the NFL. You talked about playoff football. At the beginning of the game when it's 28 to nothing. if you could say, all right, toward the end of the fourth quarter or toward the beginning of the fourth quarter – it's only going to be a 12-point game. Suddenly, you're like, all right, who knows? Maybe the Steelers can come back into it. But the Browns are able to shut the door with the Chubb. Touchdown makes it 42-23 to 23 and then two field goals. Just a very, very impressive win. The Browns kind of announcing themselves as, we are not this anymore. We're something else. And even more impressive was the fact that their head coach, Stefanski, had covid He'd been calling plays all year, but he, he had said before the game, we've built something here in 16 games. I'm confident in our coaches. I'm confident in our players. They handed it to the offensive coordinator, Van Pelt, to call plays, and this team did not miss a beat.
1: No, I mean, I think that it's also a very huge advantage that this team played the same exact team the week before. So if there was ever a perfect case scenario for Stefanski, who's to say the game plan didn't change? Then you add on a 14-point cushion, you play this game against Pittsburgh, and then all of a sudden everybody's thinking, okay, the Browns are going to be the sixth seed. They're going to come to Kansas City, play the one seed. You see this every year in the NFL. There's always that game. Now, it didn't happen last year for the Chiefs, but there's always that game um, where somebody seems to not belong and they play with house money. That, to me, is as we kind of can segue into into the matchup with the Chiefs, that's the scariest thing for me. When it comes to playoff football, because this Browns team, if you want to throw it back a little bit to, to some people listening that are probably around the age of 40, 42, <laughs> this has a lot of feel of those Harbaugh Colts right. in '94. Like they had no business playing against the like playing that well against the Chiefs, and they win. Now there's some missed field goals by a man that was really famous named Lynn Elliott. They then go on to Pittsburgh and lose in the AFC Championship game, and then Pittsburgh would go represent in the Super Bowl. But the thing about it is. When it comes to a Cleveland team like this, they have nothing to lose. They're not supposed to be here. And now they're gonna come to Kansas City and they're nine and a half point dogs to start off in Vegas. I
2: can't believe that that's the spread. I can't believe why not? That that's spread. Every spe- year, every game,
1: every week, this is why everyone gets pissed at Kansas City. This is why Colin Coward has Kansas City as the fourth best team in the NFL. Because Vegas thinks every week with what the Chiefs have, they can win by 10 points. And then the Chiefs well, win by six or five. I mean,
2: in, in in the last seven or eight weeks of the season, I think the Chiefs covered their spread one time against yeah. the New Orleans Saints. And I just find – and granted, I, I certainly believe the Kansas City Chiefs should be favored in this game. Nine and a half seems like a lot, especially, I think, with this Browns matchup and how they match up against the Chiefs. Like, I don't – That's a tough call for me, giving the Browns nine and a half points against the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win the football game, but nine and a half, especially in playoff football, that's quite, quite a big spread. And I think you're right about the house money point, because this is quickly going to change from the Browns were able to knock off the Steelers to it's going to be the Browns and the Chiefs. And the Browns are playing with house money probably more so than any team left in the AFC. I think the Bills have high expectations for themselves. They're expecting to be in the AFC title game. The Baltimore Ravens, who were able to win this weekend, coming into the season, it was them and the Chiefs, don't forget. It didn't go exactly as they planned, but they expected to be here too. The Browns, nobody is given really a chance. One thing I do know, though, because we touched upon Juju Mm -hmm. As Andy Reid runs this program, there will be no additional motivation heading into this game. None? Except for a player who has been here before, and this is going to be a huge storyline all week. It's going to be a huge storyline throughout the city, on video, on this radio station. I know that. And that's Kareem Hunt coming back to Kansas City to play the Chiefs in what will be the biggest game of his career because don't forget, he didn't get to go on the playoff run with the Chiefs.
1: Right. You remember the last time that, Kareem Hunt didn't play football. He's in the backseat of a cop car. Right. Reminiscing on the days of the Chiefs. Leading and,
2: up to the Super Bowl. Right. Where he was pulled over, and we don't have that audio, but Kareem Hunt essentially said, look, I should be right. in the Super Bowl right now. So as much as you try to squash things in the media, these are real people. I think sometimes we forget that, and so this is probably the best opportunity that he's ever had as far as trying to capture a little bit of what he missed out on when the chiefs felt like they had to release hunt after he had not been honest with them in 2018, the chiefs go on to the AFC title game. They don't get it done that year, but they end up winning the super bowl next year. And if you don't need any motivation, I mean, you just have audio.
1: Oh uh, yeah. I definitely keep in touch with, with, with those guys, you know, like, you know, that's where I started and uh, they did a lot for me. And, and I got a lot of people on that team that you know, look out for me, and care for me as a person and care for them too. So, You know, I probably won't be doing too much talking to those guys, but it'll be maybe one or few I call and just chop it up, ask them how they're doing and stuff. But uh, other than that, you know, sorry, but we enemies this week, fellas.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll definitely keep in touch with with those guys. You know, like, you know, that's where I started.
1: Look, and I'll let you get your takeoff on this. Sure. The Chiefs are so well polished when it comes to the media that they would never let anything like this happen. And I can tell you exactly how it's going to go. Somebody will bring this up to Andy Reid today. They will ask about Kareem Hunt, and he will be so professional about it. He'll be like, look, that guy's talented. Kareem was great for us. I'm glad he's striving, and we look forward to seeing him on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Here's below that surface that you don't see. That's why the Chiefs are so successful at what they do, is already the core of this team. They're after it. Now you have motivation because every time the Chiefs seem to be so much better, and I don't mean to say this in a egotistical or arrogant way, but it seems that when you give the Chiefs an inch, they take a mile. You look at the last time the Chiefs were not favored. It was in that Monday night game against Baltimore, and they blew Baltimore out. Right. And then it seems like throughout the season, they just kind of played, meh, football. Like they did what they had to do to win games because they knew how to win games the entire year. And it seems that whenever there's that little bitty factor of motivation, the Chiefs attack that. Like when they were not the favorite against Baltimore and Mahomes was not better than Lamar when it came to the top 100 in NFL Network, and then you got the count, you got the shrug, you got all this stuff, and now Kareem Hunt just gives them a little bit of juice. And I get it. Like, Kareem Hunt's got a lot of friends on this team. And even though Patrick Mahomes was saying – you know, Kareem Hunt or that guy's good or whatever it was on Twitter. Now you play the Chiefs. Now you've given them a little bit of motivation, and you've literally done exactly what Juju Smith-Schuster did, except you didn't disrespect the Chiefs, but there's other audio of saying it's personal. Right. Why is
2: it personal? It shouldn't be personal. You you, You lied. You got released. That's what happened. You have it, right? You have that second because that first audio that you played is from the Zoom. This was, I believe, from Instagram Live or or something a little bit more raw where – I, I don't think he was necessarily ready to be yeah. recorded or something. Yeah, it was this. Hey,
0: baby! Next week, personal. Next week.
2: Next week, personal. personal. Yeah, so Let's it's, go. Already, it's already a storyline. It it's it's already a storyline. It, it's going to be known yeah. that he was recorded in saying that. It's it's an inter- it's interesting and. I just remember, and and it's going to be brought up again this week because I know there's a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans who wish uh, Kareem Hunt was still here. And the organization at the time, they felt like their player had not been honest with them. Something that Andy Reid will always say to these guys at the beginning is the quickest way out of here is by not being truthful with me. Right. right? I mean, because Andy Reid, let's be honest, he's like the king of second chances. So yeah. they felt they were in a position where, Hunt was no longer a credible member of the organization. They moved on and then they eventually won the Super Bowl. And now they've drafted his replacement in Clyde Edwards Alaire. They also have Le'Veon Bell on this team. And so yeah, this is gonna be a thing going into Kansas City. Let's see the type of game Kareem Hunt can have as he travels with his team trying to get to the AFC title.
1: Chiefs Browns next Sunday, two oh five. This weekend was different. There was a lot more games. It was a super wild card weekend. Super. Not every major team covered. Only one did. Also, we've got a big question. It comes to which award you'd rather have. Coming back on the <laughs> Run It Back show with Pete Sweeney, and Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio.
0: The Run It Back playoff show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
1: Back in 610 Sports Radio. It's a running back show. Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney, 610 Sports Radio. Hope you're all enjoying your Monday morning. This Monday's got a little bit of a different, uh, got a different vibe to it, Pete. Yeah,
2: yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I think once you're... In a week where there's a game and one of this much importance in Kansas City, there's oh, yeah. certainly extra juice. You see Ooh. the red flags throughout the city. People start wearing their jerseys to the office if oh, you're still yeah. in the office right now with all the stuff going on. And so I, I'm excited. I know that we, you know, from our numbers, we, we have more attention to our ArrowheadPride.com website as, as in weeks like this than any other week the rest of the season. So, yeah, people are going to be excited and it all starts today. I think the biggest excitement about it is that
1: I think at first, after watching all the games this weekend, you kind of picked apart. You know, who do you want to play for the Chiefs? Who's the best matchup? What makes the most sense? And then the Browns win, and you kind of look at it and you're like, "Oh yeah, Kareem Hunt, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, well, all this." And it it kind of it, you kind of think about it a little bit more because at first I think what you and I were thinking yesterday. Okay, if you play Baltimore, it's okay, it's really all about just getting to the AFC Championship game and, and seeing who's real when it comes to Buffalo and who's not. And I think the most interesting part about the Cleveland Browns winning is that, yeah, they're the sixth seed, but obviously the Kareem Hunt juice is there and the, and the playoff juice is there because you think about it and you got you know Baker versus Mahomes, the history and that that comes up here a little bit later in the show. And I, I just don't think that you realize how much better the Cleveland Browns are than a lot of people would think they are.
2: Yeah, and I think now for their program, they their goal, and I know everyone's goal is to win the Super Bowl. Their sure. goal was to make the playoffs this year. So now they get this W. House they're one 20. of eight teams left. They weren't expected to be in this position against the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. I think that's a key for the Chiefs too, whereas I don't think the Chiefs should necessarily be afraid of anyone. But now you have the number one seed. A road of playing the Ravens and then the Bills would have been a lot tougher I think then would will be the Browns team because again they are playing with house money. They are a game ahead uh, ahead of schedule. The Bills and the Ravens which takes place I believe it's on Saturday night. Right. That is going to be a dog fight. I don't know who's coming out of there. I'm probably leaning Baltimore in that game after watching Buffalo this weekend. I didn't think Buffalo and although they got that win, they were dangerously close to blowing that game against the Colts and they managed to win 27 to 24, but they yeah. did not come off at least in my opinion as this juggernaut that they were built to be heading into the playoffs. Like the way people talk, we're talking about the bills. You would have expected them to win that game by at least 10 points, right? Easily. Yeah.
1: I think that the way that this shapes out and I, and I feel like the chiefs have such an, and this is what we talk about on uh, the red reaction show, which you can hear tonight, eight o'clock to nine o'clock on six ten sports radio, double duty today, Pete front and back. That's right, man. Start the book, end it. That's the best way to do it. Um, I think this is where, when we look at what we watched this weekend, um, which was the super wild card weekend. Loved it, by the way. Loved it. Yeah, I think you might have loved it more than most. Because I, I thought there was a lot of just dead games. Like, I mean, obviously, you looked at the, the big game was was Baltimore. Or was not Baltimore? I guess it was Baltimore, Tennessee. That kind of fizzled out a little bit. Um, but that Buffalo-Indianapolis game, that to me is where, when people talk about Buffalo being better than Kansas City. Right. That's fine if you want to go and have a great regular season because it just, we talk about it so much that it's almost become cliche that the playoffs, it's faster, there's more nerves, you don't have room for mistakes, all that is fun, I get that, that's all fun in games, but the thing about the playoffs is everything is amplified so much more and I thought that we saw that in Buffalo. Right. Like I watched basically every single minute of that game while also working at my other job. Like I just didn't care about anything else except that game. And I'm looking at it, and really, Indianapolis should have won that game. And I'm not saying this because hindsight's 2020. They missed on opportunities. They they went for it instead of getting points earlier in the game, which you've gotta know that Frank Wright is super analytical. You know that's right. what he's gonna do. And it's not like Buffalo because if you're going to take the narrative that Buffalo is this super high charged team that's got all this chips on their shoulder, they're ready to go, they got the fans in front of them, they're playing at home until at least the AFC Championship game. Buffalo looked like a team that wasn't quite ready to make a playoff run as serious as people give them that that type of notion because if you look at what the Chiefs are about to do, they had the first round bye, they went through the playoffs last year where they came from behind every single game. They went into the season before they we went all the way to the AFC Championship game. And now the Chiefs are, title of the show, running it back. And I think where a lot of people get lost in the scene is that the Chiefs are now with this type of core, I would say. This is year three of being in the playoffs. And this is nothing new to them. And if you look at every other team in the playoffs right now, it's all new to them. Baltimore's never won a game.
2: Yes, right. And now, now the Chiefs have become the experienced right. team and trying to to do this. What I thought was interesting is the Colts in this game against the Bills on Saturday, they shot themselves in the foot a little bit. I mean, thirty three yard field goal miss. They should have been in it at the end. And you had a situation too, where again the Bills were, I guess pun intended, billed as this team that was going to run through the playoffs to the AFC title game, and then they yeah. would face the Kansas city chiefs and Phillip rivers had the ball in his hands with a chance to either tie or win the game Mm -hmm. at the end. That was not even supposed to be a possible scenario for this wanted bills team. And so, you know, now you had that game with the Ravens and the bills. I'm interested in seeing how it goes. The Ravens look like a team that has finally, in a sense, gained that experience. I know the whole narrative was Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs. Well, now he has, now he has, he was able to lead his team back after they fell behind, Uh, yesterday and so let's see what he's able to do in Buffalo and I don't want to you know wins a win I don't want to say okay the bills don't necessarily deserve to be there because once you're in the playoffs these are some really 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 good football teams but it does give you a pause I I just feel like that game now between Baltimore and Buffalo even though it's in Buffalo could go in any direction I wouldn't be surprised either way
1: I just think it's interesting that it's playoff football you have a strong side of the NFC or the AFC not so strong on the NFC. Obviously, right. that Seattle game didn't really have anything for me. Um, and then that night game, tennis, Tampa Bay versus... Don't, uh,
2: don't you think, though, like, not to cut you off, but well, don't you think wild card weekend was way more fun with this all day? You know, usually there would be two games. Right. And because you had the extra playoff team... There were three games, two days. It felt like an all-weekend event more so than it had in the past. And I just really enjoyed it. When they added a seventh team at the beginning of the season, I, I know that people were initially upset. And they were like, oh, man, it was perfect before. It wasn't. It wasn't. This was fun. This extra game this weekend was fun. There were teams that deserved it, especially in the AFC. One team even still got snubbed. As the seven seed, they won 10 games to Dolphins, yeah. you know, and didn't get in. And I knew when they added the the team now that everybody would watch the extra wild card game. And I think that was the case. Now, I don't necessarily agree with adding a 17th game of the season. I think we've seen enough injuries here in Kansas City going into the playoffs. Right. Why add another game? But this extra wild card team, it just adds a little bit of juice to the weekend. And you know, you laugh when they say, no, 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 this year. It's the super wild card weekend, but it it felt super. It felt super.
1: Look, I'm never going to turn down more football, right? Like people can say, Oh, he's exactly. That was my point. You know, you're never going to turn it down. You're in a time of year where the NBA is still kind of off to a fresh start. There is no other really big sports in this area. And, you know, like you said, like yesterday when we're, you know, kicking it at my house, like, You made Saturday an event. You got to have fun with it. You got to have, you know, just a few people over to enjoy it. And there really wasn't ever a time, even Sunday, which I was way more excited about Sunday than Saturday. Because of Nickelodeon. That's where I'm at. (laughs) Like, I'm serious. Like, I'm dead serious with Nickelodeon. Like, football's platform is never-ending. Like, now we just need lifetime to pick up a football game.
2: Sure. You where want... it's just
1: an all-women's cast where it starts off depressing and at the very end it becomes this super iconic, prolific show. Right. Just like it was with Nickelodeon. Like, I'm serious. Like, do you know how excited I would be if I got a blimp at the end of the game? Like, if they came up to me, you see who got the blimp in that game?
2: It had to be Drew Brees.
1: No. Mitchell freaking Trubisky. <laughs> I don't know if it was X. Ex- I, I don't know because he's cute.
2: No, I didn't see that.
1: They felt bad. Like, Nickelodeon just gives out, I mean, I get it, millennials. I guess we Man, love participation
2: trophies. I'm, I'm a millennial. I mean, For sure. Those blimps. I mean, that you talk about the aggro crag. You talk about. That's number one, by the way. Is that the number one Nickelodeon award?
1: 100%. And Cody Taff from Cody and Gold and I, we did a show probably three years ago when we yeah. were both kind of, you know, just getting our feet wet in this industry. And there's not an award that I didn't want more in my life than the guts rock. Yeah. Like I was in love with Mo, by the way. Right, the referee. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. British loved, accent. Loved Mo. Yeah, and just like I love Aubrey Edwards in the AEW. Um, sure. So, kind of, I think they might be the same person. <laughs> Possible. The thing is, is that that award was so great because I always thought as a kid I was like, man, I'd never need a, light, a nightlight. Right. I just set the rock on the shelf, and I've got that, and I could stare at that. Plus, that show was great. But the other one that really got me as a kid because I, you know, love pop culture to this day sure. still. The moon man. Mm. Like, I know it looks like a Chipotle burrito, but, I mean, there is nothing. I mean, let are me pose you go- this to you. Let me, yeah. let
2: me pose this to you. All right, so you had the Nickelodeon blimp. We'll take the aggro out because you've already expressed your yeah, it's love an and desire for the crag. Yeah. Blimp or moon man. You it- have to choose. You can only have one for the rest of your life. This is a tough decision on a Monday
1: that I don't like that you're doing to me at 530. <laughs> Rest of my life. You get to keep
2: it. You get to show it off. Uh, Who knows? I'm probably going to go moon, man.
1: Just because Mitchell Trubisky has diluted the Nickelodeon. The value
2: of the blimp. Doesn't mean anything to me now. Right.
1: Mitchell Trubisky got it. I'm good. I don't need it anymore. Because that now I would have to look at that and be like, this is a cool award. And then somebody behind me, probably named Pete Sweeney, would say, you know, Mr.
2: Trubisky won that. Isn't that the perfect award for him to get, though? In a losing effort in a playoff game. Yeah, then the opposing is that the coach only, gets slimed. Is that the only singular award Mitch Trubisky will ever win? If you think about it.
1: And it's a Nickelodeon <laughs> it's award? It's a
2: Nickelodeon award in a playoff game that you lost 21-9. to nine. That last touchdown shouldn't have even really been a touchdown. At that point, the game was well over. It was the last play of the game. They didn't even kick the extra point.
1: Didn't need to. I mean, I would have loved it if they'd gone for two. I'd have covered. I was pissed when they ended the game because I went, what a catch by Jimmy Graham. What a way to end his career, which I think will end. Um, and then you think to yourself, okay, if they go for two, that makes it 21 to 11. All right, that's a cover right there of 10 and a half. But I don't know, man. And then Sean Payton gets slimed. But to give me my recap of this weekend, you can give your take here. I thought that we saw that the NFL has no ceiling when it comes to a platform of games. Like, there's just none. They did exactly what the college football playoffs should have done. Right, they should have experimented at a time where you cannot lose. Like, if you didn't like this weekend, if it was too much football, no way. And there's no such thing, no right? Way. And that's what this weekend was. And not only that, but if you're a Chiefs fan, you had no worries. You could sit back, have a few, chill. There was no intensity in the in t- in those games. Now this week's different, obviously. But to me, what I saw was the fact that Nickelodeon with Nate Burleson and Iron Eagle's son. Which was just... Doesn't even have a name. No, he doesn't. Noah. Noah. Noah Eagle. Noah knows his name, Eagle. (laughs) And the fact that he was the spitting image of his father, same hairstyle, same glasses, same voice. I didn't know what was going on. But the fact that it hit with Nickelodeon, because when this first literally came out that they were going to do this, my reaction was, this is too much. This is a step too far. This is jumping the shark. And it wasn't. It was good. The celebrations
2: were funny. I think it was fun, too, where... You have Young Sheldon, who is... That I didn't need. He's popping up, and he's explaining the penalties to the... Yeah. The, you know, there are certain situations. I mean, I run ArrowHeadRide.com, and penalties are called sometimes. And I, I could use Young Sheldon to explain to me what's going on. You don't need Young Sheldon. So thank you to Young. Um, And look, it is a way to get the nut next generation involved in teams. I mean, I, I had seen some kind of study where less... Kids are, are fans of teams nowadays because there's fantasy football. There's a lot of, like, video games and, and esports and, and so on and so forth. Right. So locking them into this barn burner between the Saints and the Bears. I, I like the angle of it. And it was six games and, the, and a lot of fun this weekend. And now we move on to the divisional round.
1: Coming up in a little bit, we'll get into this Mahomes versus Mayfield. I know it's going to be talked about a lot, but we have to go back, recap that college game that just had over a 1,000 yards of offense <laughs> between two men, which seems absurd. And also, we get to go back to you, do you remember when? Here on the Run It Back show with myself, Dusty Likens, and Pete Sweeney on 610 Sports Radio. Sure the hell doesn't feel like a Monday morning. A little more juice, a little pep in your step. I get it, the playoffs started last week with the preparation But this is the Run It Back Show on 610 Sports Radio, your only playoff-focused coverage show. That's a lot. But it's here, 610 Sports Radio, Kansas City. It's Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens. Every day of the week, 5 to 6 a.m., leading you up to uh, our great friends of uh, Fesco in the Morning, Bob, Josh, and Ryan, as they come up at 6 o'clock. But this is the... uh, This is the official Chiefs playoff show. This Uh, is the (laughs) run-it-back show, man.
2: As long as the Chiefs are in the playoffs, we'll continue doing these shows every weekday, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. We want you to get involved, too. The Jay Southland Toe Service text line, 913-576-7610.
1: So, Pete, I think something that will – I don't know if it will because they played each other before in the NFL. But something that's going to get brought up uh, either today, right now, Mm-hmm. Um and throughout the week. <laughs>
2: Starting with us. Like, that's yeah. right.
1: I mean, you get we're the first we're the first show. We get to start off fresh. We get to talk right. about it very little bit. Um, and then we can move past it. But Baker Mahomes, there's no chemistry or there's no uh there's no hidden agenda here. They know who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh they both have similar backgrounds, both were Texas tech quarterbacks. Baker obviously transfers. Um, and they had that epic college game where I'm gonna read you the numbers, whether you want to believe it or not. Um And I know people know about this, right? I know people understand this team. They played each other in college in 2016. Um, In this game, Mahomes would throw 88 times. (laughs) I'm not even making this up. 88
2: times. I can't even wrap my head around that.
1: 52 of 88, which was a college football record. um, Attempt passes for Patrick Mahomes. And then it gets juicier. Mahomes throws for 734 yards. He has 819 total yards, so 121 short of a grand, and then has five total touchdowns. Other side of the field, Baker Mayfield, 27-36, to 545 on passing yards, 564 total yards, and then sets an NCAA record with seven touchdowns. So these guys are familiar. Um, They also played each other in 2017? 2018. 2018. They played each other in 2018. Um, but this was the matchup in college that had a lot of juice to it. This is now these guys have graduated, they've moved on, they're sponsored. <laughs> it's now state farm versus progressive, which right, I
2: give a really important part of the matchup. It is. Doubt.
1: It I mean, because you're gonna get state farm versus progressive in this round.
2: <laughs> then you're gonna get you can build into what? The State Farm Bowl.
1: Exactly. I if think, Rogers can get his job done, right. because we gotta believe the Chiefs are gonna get there, and then you get the State Farm Super Bowl. But if I had to pick a commercial who's better, just to go over a little bit, I give Baker just the slight edge in acting. <laughs> Mahomes obviously gets the major edge in the in the uh right. in the in the pros, but that's the college numbers, and then Pete we'll let you get around to it because you're the football nerd with over I am. Mahomes twenty two of thirty two for three seventy five, three touchdowns and interception, and Mayfield twenty nine of forty two, two ninety seven, two touchdowns and an interception when they played each other in twenty eighteen in that Browns Chiefs yes, matchup.
2: This was Back in 18, the last time the Chiefs saw the Browns, remember, it occurred in Cleveland. They, it was a scheduled game, and we had the two Cleveland guys on the Chiefs really had good good days. It was Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt. Remember when? Seven and counting. There we go.
1: End zone. Oh, what a catch.
2: What a throw. And a touchdown. Another touchdown pass for Mahomes. Travis Kelsey. That was the high point in the end zone yeah. perfect throw from patrick mahomes and kelsey you could hear him celebrating
0: thank you to hunt
1: and hunt dodging tacklers to the end zone for the touchdown <laughs> well five touchdowns on the day for the
2: chiefs three of them by kareem hunt two of them by
1: travis kelsey
2: so there you go it was this game where uh, again the guys with Cleveland origins, they went home and they had an outstanding performance. Five touchdowns between the two of them. The more interesting point of this, and we've been hitting on Kareem Hunt all morning so far, is the fact that Hunt, this would be his third to final Chiefs game or second to final Chiefs game. I think he would only have two more games after this before everything went down the bye week, and then he was no longer a Chief, and the Chiefs would play the Raiders after the bye. So this was, I guess, the the swan song for Kareem Hunt As a Chief, he ends up getting suspended by the NFL, picks up with the Browns, and now he's the number 2 behind Nick Chubb, leading all into this divisional round game against the Chiefs at Arrowhead this weekend.
1: The thing that's interesting that Kareem Hunt, uh, some people will say this isn't a big topic, that this shouldn't surprise you, that this shouldn't be something that you look at, and you're like, yeah, well, of course, Kareem Hunt. The thing is, Kareem Hunt has no reason to have any type of animosity, any uh, any type of... You know, aggression towards the Chiefs because I truly believe, like you said earlier, which I think is is basically the main point of that conversation, is that Andy Reid loves giving second chances. I mean, Michael Vick. Right. You look at that, you look at Marcus Peters, he kind of coached him up, and then that obviously went awry, whatever that situation happened. And then Kareem Hunt, you had an opportunity, you could have came to the team and said, Hey, here's the deal. Pretty right. significant step in what happened. You didn't say anything, you lied. And the Chiefs stick to their moral backgrounds. If you're not honest with us, we're going to be honest with you and we'll move on. And that's exactly what happened. Now, the thing that's just just kind of disheartening about that whole situation is that team that had that offense, that's the best offense the Chiefs have ever had in their franchise history. It it may, you can make a case. Maybe. and
2: that I know it, where you're going with this. It still hasn't been to that level. It hasn't. That it was in 18 hunt. I mean, you could make a fair case. And... Kudos to the Chiefs for still being able to win right. a Super Bowl and looking really good in last year's playoffs. After they went down ten points each time, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's be let's be fair and honest. But their offense is still, I think, maybe the best in the NFL. Right, probably the best in the NFL. Be. But there, you could tell. I mean, if you're a Chiefs fan and you follow this team. It does miss a step from that 18 with Hunt. It never really, I think, has gotten to that point. It might with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think you get a year of Clyde. This year he had 1,100 yards from scrimmage, suffered the injury. I think Clyde can build into what Kareem Hunt was, but Hunt as a Chief was just so, so good. I think the other thing, too, with Kareem Hunt in this Kansas City offense is that he just gave –
1: like, he is the perfect addition to an Andy Reid-ran offense. He is the, you know, pass-catching running back. He's also that – what the Chiefs didn't have – which was the closer that the Chiefs need. Like, you look at what, you know, the Raiders had when they played in the first game. They had, even though the numbers aren't there, Jacobs can close out games. And when it comes to Kareem Hunt, what we were watching as we watched highlights prepping for the show, it doesn't look like Kareem Hunt's missed anything since that season. In fact, it looks like he's still the same Kareem Hunt, if not better, with moves he makes. And it brings up the question, like, low-key, everybody wants to play the lowest seed. They want to play the sixth seed maybe the Browns aren't that bad of a matchup when it comes to the Chiefs. They're front four on that defensive line, the way they run the ball, they can control the clock, and they have two outstanding RBs behind
2: their quarterback. Well, I think Kansas City, and this is less about any kind of storyline with Hunt, I think Kansas City is building towards trying to get that one-two punch at running back. I still believe that to this day with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and then bringing Le'Veon Bell in. I think, ideally, everyone in today's NFL would like to have the one-two pr- punch that the Browns offer in Nick Chubb up first. He wears down the defense, and then you put Kareem Hunt in, and this is still a very capable running back as an RB1, and now he's facing a tired defense. This is, by design, a really good situation. I think the Chiefs were wanted that when they picked up Bell, thinking Bell still had some juice where you get Clyde, and then Bell hasn't been there yet, but I think – As the running back position goes, the Chiefs want this one-two punch as well.
1: I just find it, I find it fitting. Because what do we talk about how the NFL is just so full of parody. Here it is. Because when I looked at the way the Ravens game ended, I said, oh boy. Yeah. Here we go. Marcus Peters finishes the game. (laughs) He's got the crew on the the logo. Here comes MP back in KC. And then all of a sudden you watch this Browns game and you're thinking, oh wow, we're going to get the sixth seed. It's all right, changing. here comes the Chiefs. They're going to have an easier route. And then all of a sudden, here we go. It's the story that becomes developed, not by the Chiefs. It's And I, I'm not, again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I'm not being a
2: homer. I'm not being biased. Right. The Chiefs never instigate the fight. They're the anti-Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes. And I think it's smart, and I think it is probably an under-talked-about aspect to what Andy Reid does in building, and it's not fun. I work in the media. I work on arrowheadpride.com. I would love a quote each and every week from a player or chief that pops, and I could put up there, and we could get clicks, and that's what we're, we're going for. But it just doesn't always happen. And more times than not, it doesn't happen because of what Andy Reid. And it matters. And it matters. We saw it in this game with Juju and the Browns all saying after the game and some of these reaction videos, the Browns are the Browns. Yeah, the Browns right. are these new Browns who just knocked off the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: It's not personal. It's just business when it comes to Kareem Hunt. And I just think that this game has got a little bit of juice added to it. And, again, it's never the Chiefs that do that. But we got to get you set up for Fesco in the morning. Derek Johnson, all those guys joining the show today. Plus – we recap what was this weekend and your Chiefs-Brown matchup. Coming up Let's next on the Run It Back show with Pete Sweeney, Dusty Like, and 610 Sports Radio. Final segment here on the—you okay? <laughs> I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe that was the— uh, No, that was, uh, that was just, the— uh, Just adjusting
2: the mic for this final okay. segment.
1: I just want to make sure that wasn't the playoff food coming up to say hello, and now it's gone back down below. No, no. Uh, Yeah, 5.50 in the morning, Monday morning. Not Clay Travis. Not National (laughs) Radio. Sorry for those that want National Radio. You're not getting it, at least as long as the Chiefs are in the playoffs. This is the Run It Back show on on ESPN. My goodness. On 610 Sports Radio. I'm watching TV at the same time while trying to talk. 610 Sports Radio, Run It Back show playoff edition chiefs nobody right. else does it in the city nobody else is covering this team uh this is your uh you know your broadcast home for the chiefs dusty likens pete sweeney
2: just the beginning uh, too of coverage today on yeah, yeah. sports radio we lead right into fesco in the morning talk to Derek johnson 7 30 dane and hughes at 8 30 later on in the day we got bill moss at 11 p 11 a.m you yeah have andy reed which he he will do his press conference that happens at noon and then of course the One-on-one with Patrick Mahomes on the drive at 2.15 p.m. It's a great week to be a Chiefs fan. We're leading into the divisional round. That happens on Sunday, 2.05 p.m. at Arrowhead Stadium. Your Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Cleveland Browns. Yeah.
1: um, I'm ready. Man, I, I, I love when teams give you extra motivation. I loved it when I played youth sports. Uh, when my you know my dad would coach against other dads and they'd say your son sucks. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I just I love I <laughs> you're, love you're not, this type of I'm not really I mean no, other dads hated honest, me. Yeah. They just hated me. Cause I wasn't really that great, but I would do every once in a while, I'd do something that would be nice and then I'd go over and you know just talk some trash. That's just who I was. <laughs> you
2: were you were Juju Smith Likens, is really what you are.
1: I don't know if I want to be in that category. <laughs> I was more so like NBA JJ Reddick, okay. where I just changed and transformed sure. into this bad kid. But no, anyways, we get back into this. Um it's interesting when you think about Chiefs first Brown, Pete, and they've never played each other in the playoffs uh, right. until this weekend. There'll be a, a difference in that. And I think we look back at what we talked about to go through this show. If you're just joining us, this again will be every single morning, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. leading you up to Fesco in the morning. Uh, so welcome and, and ready for the ride. Uh, but the thing about this game is yes, it's one versus six, Um Yes, this weekend was an extended version of playoffs. It was fun. It was energetic. There were some duds, obviously. But it's Cleveland and Kansas City, a game that you thought possibly could happen. I remember talking to you about it on Monday and Tuesday. And this is something that is now a reality. And it seems that the storyline is not so much Chiefs-Browns, Baker-Mahomes, you know, Stefanski coming back from COVID. It's now one man versus a team, and it's not – the team's fault to do it. It is literally Kareem Hunt saying this week is personal. Right. I I'm going to chop it up with a few guys. For those of you that don't understand what chop it up means, that's lingo these days for the young ones to yep. have a conversation. And now it is. It's it's Chiefs Browns, but it seems like we're going to start the week off where it's Kareem
2: Hunt's revenge tour that is it's, technically his own fault, but it's it's live and in person. It'll be A lot of stories I think I think Mayfield and Mahomes is going to be another one and there is this Cleveland versus the world type of thing you're already seeing Miles Garrett tweeted Kareem Hunt coming back to Kansas City has already called it personal and so he's ready to I guess show out at Arrowhead Stadium but I think the bigger thing is this is a decent matchup for the Browns to have and I don't think anybody wants to play the Kansas City Chiefs I for one believe the Kansas City Chiefs are going to come out victorious but this is a team who doesn't need to blitz to get pressure typically those teams have some success against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think starting fast will be a key in this game. They're able to get a 20% pressure rate and only only blitzing 21% of the time. If you have the offense to keep up with the Chiefs, and you can make a case, maybe the Browns do, maybe the Browns don't, should be an interesting game. I I think the Chiefs got to come out firing. I think we'll see some some new looks from Andy Reid, and I ultimately think the Chiefs win. But there is a scenario where this could be an interesting football game. So it it all starts, again, this week and, and Monday as we lead into what will be the Sunday game. Is there any, should there be any
1: nerves of your Chiefs fan watching this? Because it seems real evident what the recipe is to stop the Chiefs. And it's basically the recipe to stop any type of team that has this high octane of an offense. But when it comes to the Chiefs, you keep the ball out of 15's hands, meaning you control the clock and you have a steady run game. The right. other thing about it, too, is that they have such a impactful front four. And you mentioned this, that they don't blitz a lot. You just talked about that as well. And that seems to be the recipe to stop the Chiefs because when they play the Raiders, you think about it, they didn't blitz a lot. right? And when you can't, and again, this is just real simplistic football and real obvious, when you're not sending guys to blitz because you have the power to do that with your front four, you're able to drop those guys back. Is this matchup a little bit sneakier than people might think coming at the page going, six seed Browns, right. first seed Chiefs, by It just seems, and I get it, there's more talent on one side of the field than there is the other, but maybe this is one of those, we didn't think about this matchup ahead of time When you go deep into the onion and peel back the layers. There's a little bit more to this game than just, one versus six.
2: There's nothing to lose for the Browns. I, I think that's going to be be the key. They've already exceeded their expectations. The Chiefs still have expectations they need to fulfill. It is Super Bowl robust now for the duration, I think, of Patrick Mahomes being here in Kansas City. And it starts with the Cleveland Browns. And I, I think they'll, they will have an edge. They're they're going to be very fresh. You saw Andy Reid rest starters going into this game. Travis Kelsey didn't play. Tyree Kill didn't play. So that's three weeks off. This is going to be a really fresh team. I think they're going to be faster than the Cleveland Browns. And I think there's a scenario also, too, where the Chiefs could run them out of the building. Who knows? It, it, it's, we'll be breaking down this game on 610 Sports Radio all week. And I think what we're looking forward to most, at least I am, is just some of these injury updates that we'll start to get on Wednesday with the first injury report. Bell was on the last injury report. Hill, Remmers, of course, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. What's the status of Sammy Watkins and his calf? Ben Neiman, a fan favorite. What, what's going on with Ben Neiman? And Derek Nott, actually popped up on the last injury report. Fan favorite? I tend to <laughs> – because of the dogs. Mm. Not, not the Cleveland Brown dogs, the actual mm, dogs. Okay. But what I will say is I think that's what you get from the bye week is getting all these guys rested, and you assume and you could presume – that a lot of them are going to be fresh and ready to go. I think the two key ones are Clyde and Sammy Watkins. Those are two key parts of your offense. And, and again, we'll get that first injury report for you on Wednesday. You think Clyde
1: plays this week? Percentage-wise? Last
2: we heard, he was ahead of schedule, so I would hope so. I I, I think there's a very good chance, yeah. It's a big question mark. It's a big key factor to this game, too. I think he's more impactful for this team than
1: not. Uh, That voice is sexy. It's Pete Sweeney. Chief Editor of Arrowhead Pride, Dusty Likens. This is the Run It Back Show on 610 Sports Radio. Get used to it Monday through Friday as long as the Chiefs stay in the playoffs. You get this show every day, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Coming up next, you get Kling, you get Fesco, you get Wachowski, and don't forget you get DJ at 730 and Danon Hughes at 830. I'm Dusty Likens for Pete Sweeney. This is the Run It Back Show on 610 Sports Radio. Enjoy the week. Be easy, KC.
0: The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.